lunch break podcast i have a very very special guest a good friend of mine uh and colleague ruby rodriguez she's local here in rochester new york area and she's in the marketing and branding industry how you doing today ruby i'm doing great thank you mason i'm so excited to be here it's so good to have you on you know because you know you and i have been connected for forever long time and uh you know and we've tried something like this before, you know, I tried doing like a vlog series yeah. and I had you on and- Was it like Respect the Rock, Respect the Rock, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that. You know, and uh, it's nice to have you on, nice to have you on. So I wanted to congratulate you. Um, we probably got to get together and celebrate, but yes. you're, uh, you're, you're a president now I of a am. company. Uh, yeah. Tell us about that, you know, that's, that's very exciting news to pivot from um, from working to now being a president of a company how how's that been going yeah yeah it it, the, it is quite a bit of pivot and it's interesting because the pivot came at such a weird time right being in the midst of covid-19 um but yeah previously i was working uh for a um you know a lead generation content marketing agency um and i was mainly doing outbound campaigns um, for people. And I was doing that for two years at my previous company. And then before that, I was also doing it for a couple of years and before that. So I have like a combination, maybe six, six, seven years of experience just doing lead gen outbound sales development, business development type of um, type of work. And, yeah. and, you know, my very friend, Stephanie Armstrong was, you know, running, she had launched her own digital marketing company uh, for about four years ago now and going on five years. And me and her had always just kind of been in each other's, um, you know, we just kind of were always aligned on yeah. what projects were, what were that we were working on. And she would always find ways to kind of loop me in on what she was doing with Beaky. And, um, you know, so I did, you know, some, some of the skill set that I had learned, I was kind of sharing with her sales team and, um, you know, was kind of working on ad hoc projects here and there when my time allowed for it. And then eventually, um, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic hit and, people started getting laid off and or mm. getting furloughed and all of these, you know, really tragic, like tough situation for a lot of people. Right. Um, and for me, I had no, there was really no, there was maybe a little bit of a scare that my company might have to start laying off, but we ended up coming, you know, full circle and being fine. But despite the fact that um, my job was pretty much secure for, for the time being, I knew that it was time for me to branch off. So um, yeah. I, I've always been, I've always had that, that entrepreneurial spirit. I've always had kind of that creative side of me that's just always coming up with ideas, always wanted to create something, always wanted to build something, always wanting to, you know, do some excited, exciting and innovative things that, you know, aren't being done in our community. And, and yeah. it's always been a, a driving passion and that, you know, falls into many different categories, but, you know, marketing, personal branding, image consulting, all those things were 
kind of in that box for me, you know, along among many other things, events like we worked on a few times right. together, yeah. like, <laughs> right? And so the day came where I was like, I'm going to set this date and I'm going to put in my two weeks because I have to move on because I just know that I've, I've shed this skin. I've learned everything that I needed to learn. And I feel like there's more ahead of me. And the timing was strange. I know I, people look at me like I have three heads. Yeah. <laughs> I was leaving my, a secure full-time paying job that was salary plus commission. And I was getting paid very nicely, you know, to go, you know, spread my entrepreneurial wings and, and, and you know, explore other endeavors. So... I knew that I was going to put in my two weeks. I knew that I was going to free up my time to do, take on more of the projects and, and run some of the businesses that I wanted to run because I had some other projects outside of Beaky that I was um, doing. And then Stephanie and I got together and, and we talked about what that was going to mean time-wise and commitment-wise and what, what I was yeah. going to be able to bring to the table now that I was going to have um, some more availability. And she asked me to become, step in and become the president. Um, of the wow. When she asked you, were you surprised? I was very surprised. I was very surprised. Um, and that was not what I expected at all. Um, I was just excited to be able to, to do more of the work that, that I'm passionate about. Um, but the interesting way, reason why this came about is, and it's such a beautiful reason, right? Um, Stephanie had been put in a position where she was going to be able to be on the front lines of um, taking care of the, helping people with the PPE shortage, right, and getting PPE in the hands of you know hospitals, healthcare, government workers, you know essential workers, frontline workers that need desperately need the PPE to remain safe as they you know deal with the front lines of this pandemic and everything um, you know that goes along with that. So she knew that that was an opportunity she couldn't really pass up, right. um, and so she kind of stepped into the PPE world, and she was aligning with a great, great company, um, you know, founded by Roland Williams, a uh, former NFL star. So there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of um, opportunity there for her, so she couldn't really pass that up. So right. it was just the stars really aligned, and, and it became this perfect opportunity for me being, you know, kind of closing one chapter of, you know, the job that I was at and, and, and moving into more of a, you know, a flexible um, role where I could do more creative things and take on more projects. Yeah. So just that, I mean, it couldn't have been more perfect timing where she could go do that. I could handle our, our business and we just kind of came together when we needed to. And it's just been a beautiful journey ever since. It's been a lot of kind of trial and error and fumbling through and figuring out, you know, what, what is the need right now during this time? Because marketing budget is a little bit you know, of a luxury right now. So it's like, how do we package this up in a way that makes sense for people that is going to be valuable? So it's been quite a ride so far and it's only been a few months, but I'm yeah. second of it, but it's been great. And would you say um, some of the things you learned from um, your previous job is helping you now as a president? Yeah, 100%. Um, I still get kind of emotional thinking about the fact that I don't work for my previous company anymore because um, I absolutely loved everyone I worked with. Um, I learned so many valuable skills that I'm still applying today. Um, I actually 
it was that job that introduced me to the to the um, concept of ghostwriting LinkedIn content, um, which is some uh, was an aspect of my job that I absolutely loved. And yeah. I just it's funny because I was just thinking about my my um, my CM, my former CMO, um, shout out Amanda. <laughs> she hey. taught me so much and i was i already came to the table a pretty good writer but she just made me a great writer and um being able to write linkedin content is something that i still enjoy to do doing and i actually got to do it earlier today on my own Sweet. on my own time which was cool so um Sweet. i did i learned a lot i learned a lot and i'm using those skills every single day i remember you was always a happy camper um working with them i remember did, did you have teammates in buffalo because i remember i did yeah, you know, my team that was here where we're kind of we were kind of split up between East Coast and West Coast and my East Coast uh, team. All of them were in Buffalo, except for me. I was the only one in Rochester. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember I remember one time you flew. Then you fly. Was it the CEO? I think something you went to headquarters or something like that. I went up to Portland, Portland. which is where um, where my company was based out of. And um, yeah, I got to spend a week there and kind of, um, you know, hang out with my leadership team at the time. And yeah, it was a great opportunity. I love traveling. I miss traveling. I can't wait to travel again. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till it's safe to travel. I mean, I know that air is a thing, but you know, I, you kind of still have to hold your own personal accountability of what you're okay with doing and, and what you're not during this time and what seems safe to you and what doesn't. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Portland was great. I'm excited to go back. And honestly, we left on good terms so i would absolutely love to go visit them again and just hang out in portland because portland was great i thought it was cute. yeah for sure because you know like i was supposed to travel to uh i was supposed to go to um knoxville tennessee in Were May, you? but i had to Where yeah i had to cancel it, it. Uh, well yeah. yeah i had to cancel because you know because one of my best friends he you know he was local and then he moved down there because his parents and his sister moved down there yeah. his sister is about to have her second kids so he's like okay i'm gonna yeah. be uncle i'm gonna be with my you know be with the fam yeah. um so i was supposed to go down there and visit the fam um that didn't work out because 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 rona and yeah there's so many places i want to go to and uh, i was actually thinking of like um i was actually thinking of going to curacao which is near Colombia, because i got friends okay. that moved there mm -hmm. so but it's like man it's like not traveling and i know you're you know you're a wine you're into wine you got your wine blogging things yeah how has like i know that has must have impacted like your ability to like um travel and like blog and stuff too right yeah i mean for a little bit in the beginning i just kind of took a break from it because i think it was too um mentally taxing to try to create content for the wine blog um when you know all of this and you know, craziness was going on around me all this chaos right so i um i did take a break in the beginning and then um you know picked it up not too long after and just kind of started talking about the uh, realizing that it was an opportunity for me to kind of um put into the spotlight some of the local restaurants that were doing takeout right so like the places that we weren't able to um visit like in person and sit in the dining room during that you know period of time where there was a shutdown um i just took it as an opportunity and let me talk about the wine bars and the wineries around that are doing deliveries that are doing takeout you know you can still support them during this time and keep them keep their doors open and it was a, it was actually a really opportune time for me to have 
that blog because I had a platform to be able to get that word out, to be able to tell people, hey, if you want to help out and keep your favorite local businesses alive, like here's how you can do that. Um, so I, I, I thought... You know, it was a little bit of like a, a like a mind kind of scramble in the beginning. Like, okay, what now? Like, what is happening? But it was a clear opportunity for me to to be able to spread the word and and support local. Yeah, you know, like even before the pandemic, I was a little bit of a germaphobe. Even before the pandemic, yeah. now it's like I'm glad I gotta I gotta check out your uh, blog because I haven't looked at it in a while. But like. I will only eat at a restaurant now if they have an outdoor patio. Yeah. Yeah, and many people um, feel that way. Thankfully, you know, everyone, a lot of the local places have adapted to even yeah. if they didn't have outdoor seating, they do now. They do yeah. now. Right. Yeah, like uh, uh, Black Beer Pub. I don't know if you've been there. It's uh, on Westridge Road. And in a few weeks, I'm supposed to go to Jeremiah's. I think it's the yeah. one in Henrietta. Because yeah. they got that outdoor patio. Because, you know, I've been, I I love Jeremiah's. And I'm like, which one has the best outdoor? And I'm like, okay, I'm going yeah. to that one. <laughs> I don't know if I've been to the Henrietta one. I know the Penfield one has a nice um, has a, ni a nice big patio. Oh, it does. Mm -hmm. See, I can tell by online. Because I used to, I forgot if I would go to the Monroe one or not. But I, I used to go to the same one. Now I'm like, whichever has the best outdoor. Whichever yeah. has the best outdoor. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in... Well, one of the things you and I have in common is we both love fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, part of your repertoire is that personal banding and styling. Yeah. Um, and now you're a president. And I don't know if that impacts, well, with Zoom. Yeah. I still try to dress up when I'm like, if I have a, whether I'm doing a podcast or I'm at an online event or something, Mm -hmm. Um, I still try to be fly as I can, you know, yeah. um, I, I even, like, you know, yeah. right now I even got like a pinky ring on or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. so what would you say? Well, first tell us a little bit about how you got like, about like your, your, your branding. Yeah. So, you know, uh, like I said, you know, I, I am president of, of BK Marketing, but I also, you know, have these other projects now that I have the freedom to be able to kind of juggle, right? So, you know, what what I really do believe in is, um, well, it's funny that you had mentioned that, <laughs> that you had mentioned, like, even when you're getting on a Zoom, you know, trying to, you know, get a little bit fly, right? So mm -hmm. what I, what I've been joking around with, like, when I talk to people about, you know, how should you present? And like, I, I'm a big proponent of comfort. I'm always like, I do, I do love fashion. Um, you know, I do believe in image. I do believe in personal branding. And those are things that, you know, I just, I'm obsessed with those concepts, but you know, there's nothing wrong with like business on top and like casual on the bottom party on the bottom. Like there's exactly you know, no one's really seeing you from, you know, the waist down. Right. So, um, right. You know, so there's been times, like, especially early on, where I was just like, I'm just going to keep my sweatpants on and just do something up here that looks like, you know. Yeah, good. sometimes I'll have, like, sometimes I'll have shorts on, but then, like, yeah. a, you know, dress Yeah, don't come out, right? Yeah. Um, but so it's been an interesting kind of transition, right? Because I, I really did start out my image consulting business as being more style-focused and personal, like, image 
um, focused and just kind of figuring out what is your style identity? How can we show, demonstrate what your personal brand is through the way that you look when you're in networking scenarios, when you're at work, when you're, you know, meeting with someone for coffee, when, you know, just uh, your everyday kind of business interactions, half of those things we don't really do right now. Right. So networking events a lot in live in person, it's, it's kind of difficult, um, you know, and I, I don't think that's going to be a thing for a while, you know, maybe, you know, outside in places that have a patio, you know, and with limited numbers and stuff like that. But, you know, half of those things are not really, um, really, really things that are people think people are thinking about right now. So I've really kind of shifted shifted my focus more on personal brand and image for social media. Right. Like for your for, you know, the way you present yourself on social and what that means and how, you know, you can do that through, you know, through your photos of yourself, through, you know, your language, your voice, your style, all, your style doesn't have to be really only your physical appearance. Your style yeah. is the, and, you know, the way that you talk, like your language. Right. It, your style is, you know, something as simple as. And I love to use this guy as an example, it's, you know, specifically on LinkedIn, Quentin, Quentin alums. I don't know if you follow him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He is, I absolutely love him. Number one, he is a beast when it comes to his content. He's just always on the mark. And you can hear, like, if you read just his text-only posts on LinkedIn, right? Like, there's no, you know, video or there's no, like, picture attached to just him writing. You can almost hear his voice. Like, it's crazy. You're reading it in Quentin's voice and Q's voice. Mm. That mm -hmm. is how you know you have a bomb personal brand, you know? And he does, you know, when obviously when he was doing, he's done TED Talks and conferences and stuff, and he would always go, you know, yeah, he'd go, you know, wear, you know, whatever his swag was, but then he'd wear this, like, wide-rimmed hat. And it became his, what he likes to call his brand anchor. So people got to know him and associate him with that hat. And then he would do like this, you know, Vulcan symbol, right, from um, from Star Trek, right? And that's how we would take pictures with people who wanted to take photos of him that, you know, saw him at these conferences and stuff. So it's like he, all of these elements, right, kind of made up his personal brand. And now, like, he's just so good at that, that you just recognize him and you just kind of, uh, you identify him with those things, you know, but he's also completely business savvy and super smart and, you know, has lots of great insights and, you know, his content is just gold, but it's co it's colored with Qisms, right? Like, he likes to exactly. use the hashtag just Q. Yep. So, so the, all of those things, and I'd like to use him as an example because I just really appreciate what he does, his personal brand. But to me, we had a great, unique opportunity where we're not, we can't really make impressions in person anymore. So now we have to make impressions online. And how do you do that and do it well? Um, so to me, that's, you know, I don't know if that really answered your question. I know I went on. No, it does. But, uh, no, 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 but, yeah. no, 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 no. That, that, that's how we do. That's how we do. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not looking for like, you know, perfection or anything. Sure. I you know, you mentioned just Q. Um I think Shay Robottom does a good job. I don't know if you listened or saw any of her content. That name sounds but, familiar. You know, yeah. she's very like she uses humor a lot. Like a yeah. lot of her videos. Yes, she has like the, the business stuff and whatever, but a lot she does like these silly skits. Mm-hmm. And they're hilarious they're hilarious. Um yeah. 
and you just attach humor to her, you know, but it also, um, you also take her serious at the same time. Like, you know, yeah. she knows what she's doing. And then um, James Buckley, mm -hmm. you know, Mr. Say What Sales. Okay. I, I he has done a, he's done a great job at building that, you know, it, say what sells. And then if you're a salesperson, we're the same person. Like, you know, so yeah. he's, he's connected with the sales audience. And then he even have, um, you know, hip hop and sales. That's why yeah. I've been rapping on LinkedIn because there's a, you know, a little challenge going yeah. on or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think, think that I think everyone cool. can, yeah, everyone can build their own identity. However, they, they feel offline, online. Absolutely. I think it's just as simple as what are the things that make me unique, right? And how do I infuse that into what I do professionally? That's, yeah. That's really it because the reality of it is, is if you're in sales or you own a company that's selling a product or service, everybody's in sales. Okay. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear anything different. Everybody's in sales <laughs> one way, shape or form. Exactly. You just might, might not be in the forefront of it, but somehow you are still in sales, right? So if you own a business or you are a, a, a leader at your company, um, people want to buy from you. They don't necessarily really care so much about you, you know, pumping up your company and how great they are and their 30 plus years of service and, you know, them being named in Forbes magazine and all those accolades sound pretty and they look great on paper. But the reality is people buy from people that they like. Exactly. People, people are emotionally driven. So they don't really necessarily buy logically. They buy emotionally. So if they, if you're attached to a service or product and they really vibe with you and they really are, are digging your, um, your brand, your, the, what you bring to the table. If they are like excited when they see an alert and you're, you've posted something new, you know, and they're, they're reading it word for word and, and, and engaging with you because it's because they like you and people buy more so from the people that they like. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, emotional buying. Why do people buy what they buy? I know for me, um, I am a um, uh, Steph Curry fan. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like Under Armour. Right. Because wow, okay. I like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, whatever. And you know, he's the re. But like, if 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 Chris, I mean, if Steph Curry wasn't associated with Under Armour, if, if, if he was associated with Nike, I would be with Nike, you know? Because right. it's that emotional, it's that emotional connection. Exactly. Um, and even like jewelry, I think, you know, there's something about jewelry where I'm, I'm emotionally driven toward, or whatever I buy is usually some type of emotional connection. Like, oh, that remind me of that trip I went on. Yeah. Or I know so-and-so is gonna like this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or if I go to a store, um, and I'm talking with the consultant or whoever it is, and then maybe they make me laugh or something. I'm like, okay, let me buy this just because they, they seem like an awesome person, you know, yeah, because they and I might need it, themselves. but the fact that they had that personality, I'm more likely, I'm more likely to. So I definitely, I definitely think people are more emotional buyers than logical in most yeah. cases. 
100%. And, you know, I think, you know, you make a really good point about like celebrity endorsements and, and, and the like, and that's why influencer marketing is so, is so popular and on the rise right now too, right? Because influencers are the new online celebrities, right? So you, you see someone who's got millions of followers and is producing content that everybody likes and that person, that influencer becomes really likable. And so when you start partnering a brand with that influencer and they're talking about this and saying, I love this, I use it, I think it's phenomenal, um, you should get it too, right? You know, like obviously it's done in a more creative way than that, but, you know, that bringing across that partnership of like an influencer that everybody likes with, um, you know, with a brand, that's that's what really sells it, right? Like the person is selling their recommendation because you trust, even though you may not even know these people in person, you still, there's still this trust and connection that you have. So if they're the ones promoting something, you are gonna respond more to that type of marketing than you are, you know, an ad that randomly, you know, just kind of shows up in your email box, right? That exactly. you never looked for, that you didn't subscribe to, right? Right. So this is why this 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 style of sales and marketing is so 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 key is that it's about people you know it's about connection you know it's about relationship it's you know even if you can still build honoring relationships with your audience you know without having to hammer uh you know ha hammer them over the head with it right um but yeah you make yeah i think about like uh i think about like gary v has a shoe with uh K-Swiss. Mm -hmm. Now, me personally, I, I don't think I've ever worn a pair of K-Swiss my entire life. Me neither. <laughs> but I kind of like Gary Vee, and I might buy a pair of K-Swiss because Gary Vee, I think he's on his second pair or whatever. I'm like, oh, those nice, you know? Yeah. And so I think more and more companies are getting more like, okay, let's 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 get into to influencer marketing. Um, yeah or use influencers to market my product or make some kind of partnership. Yeah. Um, I like to use this example of, um, uh, you know, if you, a movie just came out and it's kind of tough right now with movies, right? Cause we can't go to yeah. the movies. Yeah. <laughs> or a new restaurant opened, right? And, you know, you see, you read about it online, you know, you maybe see some Instagram posts of the food and like, cool like i'll probably get around to like checking that place out but then when someone a friend of yours right actually goes to that restaurant and says oh my god the food was so good the service was phenomenal i had a great time the space was cool i really like highly recommend two thumbs up recommend this place you're gonna go more so because your friend went exactly and, and tried it ahead of time and told you it was great firsthand and you trust your friend so now you're probably going to go to that restaurant quicker than you would have just kind of, you know, on your own. Yeah. You know, on top of that, like friends recommendation. Yes. What also I think is missing a lot of the times is videos. Like um, a lot of times, like you go on the Facebook page as an example and pictures do pictures do help pictures help. But I thought also think companies should like, make videos more or if someone posts a video they got to capture that because like i forgot what company it was but they had a video of the food or somebody made a video of what they ate 
and I went to that restaurant simply because that had a video. Because everybody might have pictures, but mm -hmm. I think video, video adds uh, a touch too to why people might buy. Video marketing is, um, I mean, it's it's the hottest way, depending on what you're, right, like if you're talking about food, yeah. Video marketing, uh, food, restaurants, you know, um, beverage, wine, spirits, all of that stuff. I think video is a super powerful. Video content is, and on many of the social platforms, performs better because people, that's what people are consuming more. You know, if you think about the apps that are hot right now, right? TikTok is all the reach right now. It's a completely video. Oh, video. Uh, oh, it is. It's quick form, short form videos. You watch, consume, swipe, watch, consume, swipe, and you keep going. And there's just this wealth of really creative video content. You know, the same thing with like, if you look at LinkedIn, videos perform amazing on LinkedIn, Facebook videos do very well. Half of my feed is usually videos that people are sharing from TC or BuzzFeed or, you know, or their own videos, right? So video 100% is, is something that all, many, many companies should be taking advantage of if, if they are not. Yeah, And there's some sure. local places here in that are really taking advantage of that, um, specifically some restaurants. Actually, I just saw a video promo for um, the Rochester Cocktail Revival, which is actually still happening this year, despite early. But it's just going to look a little bit different. You know, I'm okay. sure they're going to make it ticketed. They're going to have some limits, and you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure they're going to do some stuff outside. I, I imagine. I don't know for sure, but I know it's going to be obviously complying to, you know, um, keeping everyone safe and 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 um, you know, protected. Yeah. They are still doing the Rochester Cocktail Revival, which is, you know, it's a multi-site kind of um, kind of festival, I guess. Um, basically, um, there's it's a week long, and there's different restaurants and, and bars that are participating, and um, there's different events that are going on throughout throughout the city um, at uh, for that week. Uh, and they just put out this beautiful, <laughs> amazing, I watched it, I think like 17 times. It was just this one minute, 60 second video promo. And it was just the different bartenders that are participating, mixing yeah. up details. Really that's, that was the bulk of the video, but the style of the video, the cinematography, the music, all of the elements together just made it an amazing promo. And I'm like, I need to go. I need to yeah, I'm need to watch. Yeah, I'm need to watch that promo video. I have to watch the video. I absolutely, I, I, I shared it. And this is why I also think people should make book trailers. And I know this is a sidebar, sidebar, book yeah. trailers. Like I'm more likely to read a book if there's a book trailer. So <laughs> the fact that cocktail, you know, they got the cocktail thing, but they made a video. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a, I, I, I really want to watch the trailer. I, yeah, I didn't even know what was still happening. Yeah. The fact that it's still happening, I definitely, I definitely check it out. Yeah, once we get off, I'll send it to you so you can take a look. All right, cool. Now, here's the, the, the question I ask everyone. Yes. Because the theme of uh, season four has been business is personal. So what does that mean to you? Business is personal. What does that mean to you? Yeah, that's a good one. I like that phrase a lot. Um, I think it can go it'll, a couple different ways, but my mind automatically goes to a quote from Michael Scott from The Office. Um, and it was one scene, and I know that show, like, the back of my hand, I've watched it a million times, you know, from the beginning to end. And there was one scene um, in The Office where Ryan the Temp 
was in business school and invited Michael to be a guest speaker in at one of his classes for business school. And so Michael thought obviously this was a big honor and couldn't hear what Ryan was saying when he was introducing him before he came out and yeah. found out after the fact that Ryan basically said that Dunder Mifflin and the paper industry is dying, you know, and um, is only has a matter of time before it's obsolete. And Michael obviously learned that after the fact and was upset, rightfully so, and so asked Ryan when they got back to the office to pack up his things. And so Ryan right away was just like, you know, what, what's going on? Am I getting fired? And he was like, no, I'm not firing you. A good manager hires people and inspires people. And the quote that really just stood out in my head was Michael then said, people, and people will never go out of business. And to this day, from the first time I saw that scene and heard him say those words, people will never go out of business, really just resonated with me in a very powerful way. Because I think that what, what I take away from that phrase is that, you know, we get caught up. We get caught up so many times in the operations of our business, you know, the, the way things run in our company. And we're measuring and, you know, taking, all these, taking in all these metrics of um, you know how how we're doing and how how we're growing and, and all the success, and we kind of look you know the customer you know how satisfied our customers are and customer success and all these external um, factors to tell us how well our business is doing. And while all of that definitely is true, I'm not negating any of that. But yeah. the people on your team are the people that are running your business. And I think we lose sight so many times of the fact that people are so vital to keeping your, not only just keeping your business afloat, but helping your business thrive. Like you have the right people on the, on the bus to drive your vehicle. That is your company. You have to make sure that they are taken care of and people, you know, are seen a lot of times in companies as super replaceable. You know, someone quits, someone gets let go, which is hire somebody else. And that attitude, I think, is something that I've tried to stay away from, you know, as I run my businesses, you know, and most of my businesses are, so, you know, kind of solopreneur fueled. But, you know, when I look at business, I, I think it's important to remember that your people are so, so important because they're the ones that are keeping your ship running. So to me, when you say business is personal, I think it's remembering how do I remembering that you know we te we tend to invest in tools and technology and you know our customers and 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 all these things that we invest in and forget sometimes to invest into our people, right? Internally. Yeah. And I really think that that's the missing missing piece of saying like what do you need to do to invest in your people to keep them happy, to keep them more than satisfied, to keep them performing and productive because the more you invest in them and make sure that they have everything that they need on a on a business professional level and a personal level because it is a personal thing right we're people we're humans we have to be viewed as such we're not numbers we're not machines meant to pump out results we are human and when you invest in your people to make sure that they have what they need they will in turn turn around and do better work for you Exactly. You know, publicly, I'll admit, um, I agree with everything you just said. And, uh, you know, the best CEO I ever worked for was actually Stephanie. Um, yeah, she was very, 
she was very invested in me. Um, and she always, um, it was very unbiased. Like she thought about not just my short term, but my long term success, you know, and, um, you know, I appreciated our, our journey together just because I learned a lot from her and, you know, she's, she trusts you and she'll let you do your thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like she has her expectations, Yeah. but she trusts to let you do it. And, you know, she gives you, you know, freedom and things of that nature. So I felt very invested and, and I didn't feel like there was a hierarchy, like, Oh, she's the CEO and, and I work for her. No, it felt, I'm not going to say like, Oh, peer, but cause obviously, you know, expectation is clear, but at the same time, I didn't feel like there was a hierarchy. Yeah. I felt like we were genuinely a team all working in the same direction. Yeah. That's one of the things that I absolutely love about her, Stephanie, as a person and as a professional, um, the culture that we've built at Beaky, that's just what you get, right? Like, I believe in giving people the freedom and autonomy to do what they need to do, right? Um, and you should, everyone should have that, right? Everyone should have um, that capability of just, here's the stage, now you go shine, right? Um, and, you know, if for whatever reason you're not rising to the occasion, then let's talk about it. Right. Um, yeah, but you're absolutely right. Everything you said about Stephanie is dead on. That's why I feel so super fortunate to be, to be working alongside her. Yeah. And, you know, with, with people, um, people will never go out of business, hire, you know, a good manager hires people and inspires people. What do you think gets in the way of that? Right. Cause some, with some companies, there is a hierarchy and, some companies, they do get caught up in the metrics and, you know, and like you said, you know, customer satisfaction, those things matter. They do. What do you think, like, why do you think some people get so stuck in that? And why, you know, why can't they um, be fully invested in their people? What do you think gets in the way of that for some companies? You know, I think it's lack of leadership development. I think it's, you know, I think it's, it's one thing to know um, how to run the run the operations or like the background of uh, building something successful, a successful company, and it's another thing to know how to relate to people and give them what they need, and in turn get what you need from them. Like that dance is a super. Uh, it's. A very intricate thing, you know, and it is a skill set that I've seen people not have, right? Personally, I've, I've come in contact with other leaders who just do not have that skill, um, and that's okay. I don't think it's an innate. I don't. I don't think it's always. I think there's some people who are natural born leaders, and I think there's some people who need to go through some sort of development and growth to get to that point. Um, right. You know, and I, I think that's what it, it, it comes down to, you know, who you are as a leader, how you think, you know, how you interact um, with the people, you know, with your team. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree that some people are natural born and some people are not. And I think, um, you know, like, let's just say you, somebody had a business idea, they go for it. They are solopreneur for maybe three, four years, but now they need to start hiring people. 
Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't even expect that they were going to get to a point where they needed employees. Now they have employees, but it's like your employee is not you, right? Like you're, and they might not necessarily have the same thinking process. They might not even have the same skill sets. They might have different skill sets. Um, And sometimes balancing those expectations or, um, and things, I think that could get in the way too. Like, you like and and there's no like school for how to be a leader yeah i think there are certain like i think rit may have some programs and this and that but it's not it's more it's scarce like leadership development is scarce mm-hmm. you know and i think some people didn't go maybe they didn't start their business with the intent to hire then they hire because they need to mm-hmm. but maybe there was lack of preparation or just you know some along that lines yeah, and you're right that there's not a school for it, right? Like, it, it, the, the your initial school, like, your schooling in leadership development is becoming self-aware first. You know, it's mm. becoming coachable as a leader. You know, it's being open to feedback from subordinates, right? Being able, like, to get off your high horse and be able to, you know, sit in a, in a round table, you know, discussion with your team and listen to them without judgment, listen to them without, um, you know, jumping to a conclusion or becoming defensive about what it is that you're hearing. And I think that that in itself is a, is a, is a very niche type of skill set. Also like being able to take criticism, being able to hear, feedback that's not necessarily always favorable and apply it and be objective about it, break it down in your mind and be able to want to learn and grow from that. Um, I think that those, that's that first step though, like I said, is, is the self-awareness and coach, you know, coachability, right? Um, if you don't have those things, it's going to be very difficult for you to, to develop as a leader, um, because that's the first step. It's, you know, dedicating yourself to wanting to grow and it's, you know, teaching yourself, right? And it's reading more books and it's talking to other leaders and it's, you know, looking for feedback, you know, even if you don't think it's going to be good. Um, And all of those things make up someone who is, you know, growing into a developed leader, you know, a leader who cares about people cares about their opinions, you know, you know, cares about wanting to become a better version of themselves and not looking at it as, well, here I am on top. So I'm, I'm done. Mm. You know, that's incorrect. You know, that is that, that right there shows that, you know, you, you are stagnant, right. And you're every other aspect of your life is going to stop when you stop saying, Mm. when you stop growing, when you stop developing. That's powerful. Um, I totally agree with that. You know, I could talk to you for hours and hours. Uh, I appreciate having you on. Um, this is probably my first time doing this, but I think with everything going on with the pandemic, if someone wanted PPE, mm-hmm. I know Stephanie got the you know PPE. Uh, how would they? How would they get in contact with or order, et cetera? Yeah, um, they can email. 
either myself or Stephanie, um, I believe it's just stephanie.armstrong at j2medicalsupply.com, or mine is a little bit shorter, it's just ruby, R-U-B-I, at beekeymarketing.com, and then we'll, we'll get you to the right hands. Okay, cool. Uh, and I usually do a 60-second recap um, of the episode, some of the key points. Um, you know, build a bomb personal brand. You yes. know, with with the pandemic, we're not really doing much networking and things of that nature. Awesome. Um, with that. <laughs> what you say? I can help with that. I'm a, I'm a personal branding consultant. So. Yeah, yeah. So reach out to Ruby if you need help with that, uh, especially, you know, with, with uh, LinkedIn, um, you know, do what you got to do there. And then emotional buying, like a lot of people buy an emotion. So you want to provide that customer experience um, and think about how your brand can um, relate to relate to people. Yes. And uh, watch The Office. No, I'm kidding. Yes. Uh, you know, people... <laughs> Seriously, watch The Office. <laughs> watch The Office. Uh, no, people will never go out of business. You know, yes. a, a good leader... Well, not only hire people, but they'll inspire them. So figure out how to inspire your people. Um, if you're a manager, director, CEO, president, um, yes, you want to tap into the metrics and things, but uh, look at the people. And lastly, good leadership starts with self-awareness. Um, and listen, listen to your people. Like if they got criticism, feedback, really pay attention to that feedback and, uh, just because you're at the top, so to speak, you want to keep growing. So, Ruby, thank you so much for being on today. Uh, we got to we got to get together soon. Yeah, have a glass of wine or something to celebrate. Absolutely, um, your new journey. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being on, and I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories on their lunch breaks if you enjoyed this episode give us a rating share on social media and make sure you come back for more episodes on season four of the lunch break podcast where business is personal